This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain calm. Welcome to How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse podcast. I am Chad the Impaler, a.k.a. Chad Boyd Chalmers. And here today with me, I have Melissa. How are you? Hey. So uh, I'm on the road. I came all the way uh, out of town to the Hammer, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. He's here. Uh, I brought all of my gear. We're in the kitchen, uh, sitting at the counter with everything out. And this is a special episode. This isn't uh, a narcissist abuse survivor episode. Uh, it's a unique episode that we're hoping to start uh, once in a while. And it's called Letters to Our Narcissist. And what's going to happen in today's episode? We are going to be reading letters uh, from people, from uh, people we got permission from on uh, Reddit and somewhere along the lines of the internet. Uh, We've found some letters that hopefully we're going to read them all. Uh, Then we'll also read uh, our own letters. We'll chit-chat in between. We'll discuss uh, everything and how these uh, hit you and affected you. And from there, uh, well, after this episode, I'll, I'll explain further uh, that this, I want this to be a pilot episode, and you can eventually send letters into me at chadtheimpaler99 at gmail.com. Eventually, I'll get a regular email, but that's what it is for right now. Or on my actual website right now, there's a recorder. So if you want to write your own letter and read it and record it into a uh, voice message to me, uh, you, your voice can be heard on the show. We'll stitch them all together for other episodes. So you can go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, and it's on the side of the screen. It's, it will always be on the side. You'll see it. It's almost impossible not to see. Uh, I think you're able to record for about five minutes long. And if you have longer than five minutes, just record a second one, and, and I'll stitch them together after the fact. So... I think the reason why, I mean, we started to or wanted to do this episode uh, was just to be, to be cathartic. Mm-hmm. And two, a long time ago, uh, there was uh, a great internet uh, YouTube, uh, I'm not going to call it a meme, just a video that was a dramatic reading of a breakup letter. Oh. Do you remember that? No. Okay, so dramatic reading of a breakup letter. I can't do it justice, and I also can't play it for you because to uh, listen to it, you have to actually read the letter at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, But that that letter starts off, Dear Loser, (laughs) Chris. (laughs) And it was like, I thought you liked me. (laughs) You said you liked me, but then you wouldn't talk to me. (laughs) It was. It was like it was, it was like, like a teenager. It was, it was like a, te- it was a teenager okay. uh, okay. one, but it was one of the. Uh, it was a hysterical letter. But today's letters will be sad. They'll be angry. Yes. Uh, some might be funny. I don't know if any will be funny. <laughs> 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 but for a lot of us, 
okay. a lot of it, we don't get closure in, in these situations. So we wanted to create a forum where maybe you probably won't get any closure, but it'll pretty feel good to like say it out loud because you didn't, you're no contact with uh, someone who has a cluster B personality, who is a sociopath, could have a, a borderline personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, at this point, this podcast isn't, you know, it says narcissism, but we discuss, you know, a lot of people are, we're not sure what the specific person is. So yeah. Don't want to say that it's all narcissism, because uh, narcissism is an offshoot of a lot of different things, and not just narcissistic personality disorder. So, uh, yeah, it'd just be a cathartic experience. It might not give you closure, but it'll feel damn good. Yes, to I say think it so. out loud mm-hmm. and have the world uh, to hear you. So, that's kind of where we're at. And before we even get into this, uh, uh, Melissa, yes, how are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm really excited to do this. What what's is there an update on your life? Um update as it relates to just in general anything. Or, um <clears throat> I I not really. I think that uh I'm really ready to read this letter because I feel like rereading the letter that I'm going to read on this episode made me realize how far I've come. So I think I'm doing pretty good in my life. I think I'm like happy and not like happy. I think I'm pretty happy right now. And yeah, I feel like I'm more myself now than I will pretty much have been since I was, since before I met this person. Who ruined everything? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, come come out from the, like the other side. I think it takes time. Yeah, like, it takes a lot of time. I think I'm like starting to get there. Well, I've read the letter. Yes, and, you have, and uh, it's a pretty good letter. It's pretty angry. Um, yeah. It says everything. It says every. Thing that happened, like everything that was worth mentioning, is there. So I know you're nervous to read the letter. I'm very nervous to read the letter. Um, also, this person has contacted me a couple times within the last month, and the first time I sort of bit a little bit because it was something in regards to a piece of mail that was at my old apartment. And it was apparently an important piece of mail, so I did answer that message. Was it important? I mean, not not important enough to really have it. Like, now looking back, it's like, who cares? But um, after I answered that, maybe a week later, there was another message. And it was like an innocuous, like, look at this Instagram page kind of thing. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what do you think this is kind of thing? You know, so that just, I I did for a moment sort of think what, where is this person's head at? Is this him trying to reel me back in? Or is he so arrogant that he thinks that I'm just going to, respond but then I also thought look at your track record like after everything had 
sort of fallen apart, I did still stay in contact with this person. So I think they think, well, if I just, you know, if I just get back in there and sort of like re like get a dialogue going again, then maybe, you know, I can like fuck everything up again. I, I don't know. It's weird. So then I thought, okay, you have to do things differently. You can't, you just have to ignore. And I've ignored like maybe 10 messages in the last year. So, but he still keeps trying. But to me, that's, that speaks more about like, that just makes me feel stupid when he does that. Like, it just makes me think that he actually doesn't respect that he was the, the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's hard to explain. It's like you think so many things in that moment because you also are still connected to that person in some way or another. So it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. It's like, just please stay away and don't ever contact me. So how long has it been? Um, three years, three years. Yeah. It's been a while. Three years. Wow. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like three years. It feels, it's so complicated what happened in that time frame, you know, you know when you sort of like lose time just because you're so mentally what are broken? We, what have we been doing? The I, last I know. Three years? Well, that that's why when you ask me how am I doing, I'm kind of like, well, I think fine. It you don't realize it, but subconsciously, I think I've actually been getting a lot better. You know, with yeah. setbacks, lots of setbacks, but I, you know, you you start to build a life that's completely separate to all that trauma that happened and you realize, Oh yeah, this is actually okay. Like I'm doing fine in comparison to where I was. So how about you though? Well, I'm pretty happy uh, that I'm here. It was nice walking up the stairs. I've been here once before I was here last summer. I think was that last summer? Cause I was was trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to have you here. It was that was also very seminal for me. I was like, he's coming back and like this is where we are now. Yeah. You know, all this time has passed. We, so tra- much we, has changed. We, we've been trying to do the podcast when we do them together uh, since the first time. Yeah. Uh, at one point in the same room because it's more fun in the same room. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, how am I doing? I, you know, last night I saw. Uh, an old friend that I have not seen in a gajillion years. And it was really nice uh, to see her. Uh, and our, our, our friend that brought us together it was just nice to all of us. It was the first time we were all in a room together in uh, 20 years. And it That's really amazing. was felt like it was uh, yesterday that uh, we were all hanging out in the same room. And, and we, we, no one skipped a beat on how we act. It was like, it was like I was uh, 20 years old again. And it was That's fun. It was really cool. So uh, that was nice. So I I came in here today uh, feeling good, feeling, you know, energized. Uh, I had a bumpy ride in, but. (laughs) Yeah, that ride is is a bumpy one. And uh, besides that, I I was all week. I was looking forward to today. Yeah. No, I'm super excited. Not just just because of reading these. Because everyone who's listening, today, 
I'm going to feel like Oprah. <laughs> wait for it. At, wait for it at the end. Um, today, sometimes you like doing things for people and you feel really good about yourself for doing it. And you can't t- see, but uh, Chad is like moving I, 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 his hands. I'm Italian with my hands right now. <laughs> You're more like a talk show host with your hands right now. So today, uh, I think I'm going to have an Oprah moment. I don't know if I'll make you cry. Oh, God, I hope not. But yeah, we'll that might cry. happen. That might happen. But, um, yeah, well, we'll see. The, the one problem is, is I don't actually have the thing to give you. I can only explain it to oh, you. Oh, the thing. Yes. Okay. I won't explain what the thing oh, is yet. I'm so yet. excited. Okay. But I don't have it here. I'll explain again later at the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Because it hasn't arrived yet. Oh, okay. However, okay. when you're in town next week. Yep. It should be in. It just, when I got it, it was like, okay, now it's going to take five days for it to even ship. Yeah. No, no problem. I'm very Anyways, excited. Anyways. Uh, then uh, later I will also explain my uh, gifting rules. Um, and I, well, sometimes people give gifts uh, like on a birthday or, or whatever. And, uh, my friend, uh, Adrian, she uh, said, you should only give gifts when you find something for someone that I they like. I love that rule. N- not, not if it's an obligated I gift. I love that rule. That's so great. That's so, so anti-capitalism. So when you find someone kind of. for somebody, that's when you do it. Not because you're obligated. So today, this will happen. Okay. And I will be Oprah. <laughs> Oh, like there's a gift under my seat kind of thing. Is that how it works? <laughs> That's what she does, yeah. Uh, yeah, I only knew the first part. Uh, you can tell how big of an over. <laughs> I'm Oprah, and can you be Gail? You'll be my Gail? Sure. I'll All be right. Gail. So uh, who wants to go first and, and read a letter? I will definitely go first. Okay, you uh, read a letter. Who, okay. Who's our uh, first letter from? Okay, so first up is someone who goes by the name Feeble Unicorn. So that is their username username on uh, on Reddit. Yep. Okay. I guess you're sat there feeling pretty smug with yourself, having proven how much you meant to me, knowing your end aim has come true, and knowing you have someone old or new to fill your ego. You'll start playing the game again, mirroring what they desire until they believe they've found the one, that connection you've never had with anyone else, how it was a love greater than anything you've ever experienced. I guess I should have seen the red flag when Ryan said it to me. I guess he was right, but I didn't because you, the master manipulator, had worked all your magic on me. You'd taken advantage of me being vulnerable, just looking for someone to help me heal, someone I could trust, someone I could believe in. I became your puppet in a show I didn't volunteer for. Every insecurity, you made sure you reenacted them. Every time I started to build myself back up, you came back promising you'd changed. You brought your ex into it because you couldn't stand the thought you would lose power over both of us. But of course, to everyone else, you're the victim, the victim of a psychotic, cheating, heartless bitch. You forgot to mention to those same people that you had sent photos to other women before she cheated on you. Of course, now... 
again, you'll be the victim. I'll be the one who shut you out, who got angry, who begged you and begged you for more chances, all because you need to feed your own ego and admitting that actually I didn't do anything wrong. It was all you won't do. Well, guess what, Tom? I forgive you. I'm not angry. I feel nothing for you but pity. I pity your sad life where the only way you can feel good about yourself is by hurting other people. I pity how you don't have compassion. I pity how your own desires over those of the people who love you. You might have hurt me, but I wouldn't want a life like that, and I wouldn't want to be a part of it. See, you didn't break me. In fact, you helped me grow so much that now I love my life and everyone in it. I'm no longer scared because it couldn't get any worse than what you did to me. My friendships are stronger than ever. I appreciate my family more. I know how positivity and forgiveness are the key to a happy life, and I'm ready to love again. Yesterday, I went on a date, my first date since that soul-destroying day when you moved your stuff out on my birthday. Yes, you were correct when you said I would never find that connection again. It wasn't there because we both know that connection was false, made up, built into your web of lies. Shall I tell you what was there a decent man who I laughed with, talked nonstop for two and a half hours. He didn't try to use me for sex, as you said every man would. He was kind and caring, and I felt happy, complimented, excited, and most importantly, like for the first time in a long time, there were no games. Lastly, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the lessons you taught me. Thank you for using me so much to build your own ego and happiness. It taught me how to love myself. Thank you for destroying me so I had to cry over and over again to my friends. You made my bonds with them unbreakable. Thank you for making me scream in pain at the heartbreak and refusing to pick up the phone and deal with your actions. You taught me how to pick myself back up and make myself happy. You taught me to forgive when someone wasn't sorry and how to cleanse my own soul. Thank you for teaching me how to appreciate the little things, how to be kind when you've been brutally broken how to love every little thing in life, and most importantly, how to be positive when a black cloud is over your head. Thank you for building me stronger than ever before. So thank you, and thank you for leaving. See, Thomas, people like you will never win. You can play this massive game, control people's feelings for your ego, but guess what? In the end, you'll still be the unhappy one. I love that letter. That was a great letter. I love that letter. You know, she states everything that happened and then she reframes everything in a positive manner on uh, what she's learned and how she'll be a better person for everything that goes on. Because a lot of people, especially when this stuff happens originally, we're all angry and I can't wait to read those letters too. Yes. Because those letters are important as well. Absolutely. Um. But she did. She really, you're right, she reframed it. She took it and she ran with it and she made herself better and stronger for it. Yeah, on on my uh, defunct website that has nothing to do with this, this is actually kind of where this was also born from. I had a defunct website. Uh, My friend, who I will call, because this person doesn't like their name referenced on uh, on, in, in the world, but I know she'll be listening. Uh, the Creeper, uh, that's how I refer to her. <laughs> Great name. Um, <laughs> if you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she created a thing on my site called the Reframe of Reference. 
and it was taking stories you told yourself your whole entire life. Okay. And how you can take that and reframe those stories so you would tell it on the site as you would, this is what happened to me. And then let's take that exact same experience once you're healthy and reframe it to look at the positive things that uh, happened in those situations or what you learned or the, how resourceful you became uh, because of certain things. So That's really cool. Um, it was uh, her, uh, she had a lot of good creations, but I think that was her best creation for for my site. She was a dynamic uh, mind when it came to uh, yeah, these that, things. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's funny how a lot of this has to do with sort of journaling and putting things on paper. And it's funny how in that very moment that you write it, is that moment, right? Yeah. And how looking back on things that you wrote is so important because then you can sort of have perspective on it. And I think even, you know, for this person, they'll probably look back on this letter even with the perspective that exists within it and even have more exp- like perspective. And I, I really like that. I think that's super yeah, useful. The, uh, I'll be just be reading the thing that I put on uh, Instagram later, but... I went back and I read some notes that I actually sent. Actually, I don't even remember if I sent them. I may have or I may have not. To whom? Um, well, I won't discuss that right now. Okay. But I read them and I was like, why am I apologizing? Oh, right. Yeah. And like, um, I'm still being nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, fuck that version yeah. of me. Yeah, well... Yeah, I I know what you mean, though. I'm like, why am I being cordial? Oh, I have journals and journals and journals of my entire life from like I always kept a journal since the time I was. I even had a personal email address where I only wrote emails to myself. Did you have a live journal? No, this was like I was very I was weird and I didn't use the Internet a lot, but I did have one email account where all I did was put personal shit in it. It's so weird. But melissa.angst.tumblr.com. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you have a Tumblr? I did, but only because my ex-boyfriend wanted me to have one. Because it was all the rage at one point. I don't give a shit about Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) I had a Tumblr once. Cares honestly. Do you know what my Tumblr was about? <laughs> what was it about? <laughs> I, was the, I, was the, I was the only person that ever read it. <laughs> no one ever read my, my Tumblr page. My Tumblr page. <laughs> I pretended to be this human being trapped <laughs> on a planet with no one else there. That's kind of meta. And it was my rantings of like what I did during the day. Oh my God, that's precious. Um, and I even created weird pictures of me. <laughs> you put a lot of effort <laughs> into it. it. No, no one read. <laughs> oh my God. I was, I, in my mind, I was like, you're a genius. <laughs> How it, old were you? You're like, this is last year. Uh, this was like <laughs> 2010. <laughs> Because it was right when Tumblr was like at its peak mm. before Yahoo bought it and just kind of said, see you later, Tumblr. We're going to screw you up somehow. <laughs> just like me. I still use a <laughs> Yahoo email address. My email was Yahoo too as well. But you've changed. I've changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have now eight emails, so I have one that's yeah, still Yahoo. So I guess it's my turn. It's your turn. I can't wait. 
Woo. So uh, this is a big shout out to uh, Rachel Pollock, who wrote this letter. So uh, thank you for letting us uh, read this one. And here is your letter to a narcissist. And this is um, for her dad. I hope I don't read it like the dramatic reading letter. That's going to be my problem that I might, you know. Oh, I hope I read mine. Oh, okay. You, you're, I, I you're feel, great. Okay. You're great. Thanks. I still want to get, because sometimes I get that voice in my head. You know, you know, like my jokey voice. Oh, okay. Just read it from the heart. I'm going to do my best. So uh, hopefully I don't butcher this. I'm going to do my best. Hi, Dad. I want to start off by saying that I love you and I truly appreciate what you've done for me, even if I didn't ask for it. I am writing you an attempt to explain what is going on with me in our relationship. For the first time, maybe ever... I've been able to look at what's going on and see very clearly the dysfunction and toxic nature of our relationship. I'm no longer angry or sad. I do not wish for things to change because I know they won't. All I want now is for both of us to be happy, even if that means we can uh, not have a typical father-daughter relationship. I think in the long run, it will be the best for both of us. I want to start off by taking responsibility for the dysfunction. There are two types of people in this scenario, and I want to take responsibility for the part I played in it. I allowed you to help me. I allowed myself to be weak. I allowed myself to not take responsibility for my own actions. That stops now. My whole life, I have been treated as an extension of you. I am different. I felt different. I am different. But this has been treated like a flaw and a failure on my part because maybe it didn't line up with your plans or the way you see my life going. I used to care a great deal what you thought of me. I would try to earn your respect, earn your love. That stops now. I should be worthy of your love and respect because I am a human being and a human being that you brought into this world. This idea of having to earn anyone's love and respect is toxic and I cannot keep doing it. I have also been able to believe that I am the problem. Sorry, I've also been made to believe that I am the problem. I am broken. I cannot handle my own finances, my own life. I know this is completely not true, but when you're around, I allow myself to be sucked back into this cycle of abuse. That's abuse. Our relationship is abusive and has been abusive for many, many years. No, not physically, but advances in psychology have proven or or have proved that there are many other forms of abuse that can just be as damaging. Verbal abuse. This is like the kind of abuse I suffered on the drive home from New York, where you said I can't do anything without you, that I was incapable of earning your respect. Anything that attempts to put another person down, this is abuse. I remember when I quit running and you told me that I'd never be good at anything else. That kind of thing really sticks with the person, especially a child. Emotional uh, emotional and psychological abuse is any kind of abuse that is emotional rather than physical in nature. It can include anything from verbal abuse and constant criticism to more subtle tactics such as intimidation, manipulation, and refusal refusal to ever be pleased. You, sir, I'm sorry to say, are a master of emotional abuse. This includes your need to control, to try to manipulate me financially, to make me entirely dependent on you for approval, financial, for financial abuse. You do this often. Offer to help me fix the house or pay for something, and then if I disagree with you in any way, you use that against me. This stops now. 
Over the years, I've had extensive therapy. I know that I have issues. The difference is, is that I acknowledge and work on my issues. I've medicated myself in attempts to better deal with you and your rage. How is that fair? Because of my issues with you, I have been taken advantage of and abused by countless other people. I am working on never letting that happen again. It starts here. You need to know that I have boundaries. If you do not respect my boundaries, then you are choosing to not have a relationship with me. If you try to manipulate and control me again, I will not have a relationship with you. If you verbally abuse me or make me feel less than I will not have a relationship with you. It is pretty simple and it is your choice. If I have any hope of leading a normal life with normal, healthy relationships, you cannot be in my life. However, I do and always will wish for you the ha- uh, happiness. I just can't do that for you. I wish you all the best and will always love you regardless. Ray. That was really good. That was really kind of heartbreaking also. Yes. Yeah, so for a lot of us who have been raised uh, by a narcissistic uh, parent, um, it's not the same for everyone, but the extension of, of, of yourself and... Um, being put down in that ways and having your, you know, you know, the, in a, in a strange way, I always kind of hark back to the Amish when the Amish, uh, for Rumspringer, the, the kids get to leave and they get to live away for the first time to decide if they want to, uh, not be, not be Amish anymore or, or go back. Yeah. But they've been given a life where they're so reliant on, being Amish because they have schooling up to a certain point that they're not ready for the outside world. So they have to come back. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, you know, what she's you know, what she's saying here is, you know, she, it's a good analogy. She, she has learned like, this is what's gone on. And, you know, at a certain point it's enough. Yeah. And even though you might not be ready for the outside world, you still have to take the step uh, to do it because the only person stopping you is the voice and that other person's, it's not your voice in your head. Um, you know, and, the, and also at the beginning of this letter where, you know, a lot of people might disagree, you know, um, With which part? just, just the part about uh, letting it happen. I had this, this, this discussion with someone else, uh, I think on a previous podcast, because a lot of people will disagree with the wording of that. I personally don't disagree that we let these things happen that this person has done this. Yes, they've controlled or manipulated these situations, but after a certain point of time... Sort of like um, victim blaming a little bit, it, especially it, 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 for, when so, you're talking about a parent and a child. For a parent a, and a child, but it is, but it, it is and it isn't. But that's that person's th- own th- words. Th- th- this that's, is, this that's, is their own experience. Exactly. In my experience as well, I also uh, take responsibility for other people that might not be the right thing at all. Uh, I that's just found not for that other people to decide though. That's your own. Y- yes. It's your own, it's your own thing. But in my healing process, it was better for me in my healing process and probably in hers as well to recognize that these things happened. And yes, there might've been a manipulation for these things to occur for that to happen. But for me to get better, I had to say to myself now, since I'm so aware of everything that's happened now, because of that, I have the power to say no or yes. Right. So if I continue to say yes, continue to do this, do this to me. I getcha. Um, At some point, one of us has, has to get better. Has to get better. And one so, of us has to be empowered. Yeah. So yeah. since it's, since I'm aware of everything, at that point, 
I am now letting you do it to me. When I was a child, I didn't. That's to me. That sounds very empowering because it's 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 you're coming from a place where you're able to be strong enough to to say that. Yeah. So um, anyway, that was uh, that was Rachel. I want to thank Rachel for that letter. Yes. So uh, do you do you want to go up next? Sure, I would love to. Okay. All right. So this is from. Gwyn Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Gwyn, and I hope I read this to your the the best of. Uh, yes, I hope I read this respectfully uh, 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 for do, you. Do, she wants to do you proud. Yes, exactly. Okay. For the last five years, you've been my best friend and my worst enemy. You've loved me and heard me in ways that I never thought possible. You tore me apart, shredded what little sense of self I had, leaving me in the ruins to figure out who I was. And as I went through the long and painful process of building myself back up, you lost control. And as you lost control, you fought harder to try to get it back. But it turns out I was stronger than you. I grew cold. I grew hard. I became the bitch you said I was. I distanced myself. I made you move out of our room. I told you I wanted a divorce. I told you to move on. And you did, frequently. But you kept coming back. And I kept letting you. And now you're gone again. And I wonder, is this the time that it really sticks? Will you stay gone long enough for the ache of missing you to fade? Will you stay gone long enough that when you come back, I have the strength to tell you to fuck off for good? I hope so. I need you to stay gone long enough. I need to move on with my life. That coldness, that meanness, that bitchiness, it was a face. A face I needed to wear to make you go away. Because I know you loved me. I loved you. I still love you. I will always love you. The ferocity of my love for you frightens me most in these times when you're gone because I know that my magic is in my emotions and if I don't control this, it will draw you back in. And so I am enforcing no contact. I've blocked your phone number in my phone. I've blocked you on Facebook and Instagram. And if you try to contact me any other way, I'll block you that way because I need my freedom. For my sanity, I need my freedom from you. And I hurt because I know the only reason you're going is because I can't be your victim anymore and you found a new one. I have to harden my heart against her. I have to make her the bitch that is taking you away from me or I will feel sorry for her. I will feel pity for her. And my magic will take that pity and it will draw, it will put a wedge between you and her and I will draw you back to me. I know this because this is what happened before, last year, when you met someone and I moved in with her the day after meeting her. I felt sorry for her because I knew what you were going to put her through and I knew that through your confrontations with me, you learned how to be a better narcissist. You had to. I kept seeing through your bullshit. I kept challenging you. I kept calling you out on it. I thought I was making you a better person at first, but it didn't take long to realize I was making you a subtler abuser. And so now you are moving in with another woman. And I thought I know you will wreck. Sorry. And though I know you will wreck her the way you wrecked me and you will hurt in ways she never imagined possible. I cannot feel sorry for her because that will just pull you back to me needing me to rescue you from the inevitable collapse that will happen when she discovers the real you because I know she hasn't met the real you. The rage inside, the monster within. What I can do is hold both of you in loving kindness. What I can do is hold both of you in peace. 
What I can do is know that our journey together is over and your journey with her begins. It is not my place to judge where it is going. It is not my place to hold space for you to come back to, as I have done so many times before. There is no longer space for you here. You are no longer welcome here. I will always and forever love you. I will never love another. I knew that before I even met you that I only had one more love in me and you were it. I dreamed of you before you came to me. Our marriage was in the cards. I remember the reading clearly two days after we started dating. You asked for a reading and it showed clearly to me that you'd been married within six months. I swore it wouldn't be me. I didn't want to get married, but it was me. And so for five years, I've been your supply of the energy that has sustained your ego. And now I no longer am. Now it is time to heal. Before, when you'd leave, you always had a reason to come back. You always needed something here. And now there is nothing here for you. That has been assured. You have no reason to come back. I love you, but I never want to see you again. Bam! (laughs) That was a great letter, Gwen. How did it feel reading that? It's just so interesting to me. I think I've been very enlightened uh, in terms of what it means to be married to a narcissist or not to use that term necessarily, but to be within a romantic relationship with a narcissist versus having a parent. Um, I specifically chose the letters that were more to do with spousal narcissism simply because that's what I relate to and it's so funny because what you're going through and have gone through is very much familial right although you did have your romantic um, experiences too when it came to narcissism and and friendships as well yeah Um, but I just think it's really interesting that sometimes they like bleed together Um, where sometimes that like person you become sort of a parent to in these romantic relationships. And I think she almost, I don't know, it's, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but I think it's really interesting kind of examining the two within that context, like kind of dividing them in half a little bit. And then you sort of see like the similarities and the differences And also, there's a lot of codependency in this. And I think it was really, really great where she sort of came to the point where she drew the line. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, she was so, so, and I mean this respectfully, but like, I think she identified the fact that she was being codependent to the point where she was helping his new girlfriend. Right? And it's like, at some point, you just have to say, fuck this shit. I have to, like, be there for myself. Right? Like, this person is so... My life is so, like, enmeshed with this other person. And this person's not showing up for me. Like, why am I showing up for them, let alone this new person that's in their life? So I, I I think she did a lot of work, and I think that's... This is why I have you on the show. Because you have, you, you have great answers like I this. I hope so, because I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm not being clear because I'm so emotional about this stuff still, and I'm not fully clear. So, Bruh. <laughs> 
But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're so like, oh, it's kind of like universe mind. You know that meme, yeah. universe mind, where it's like. I don't know what that means. Okay, it's like. It's like I pretended like I did. <laughs> like I a, nodded it's and a I was meme like, yeah. where it's like, you're so like, this is so interesting, but you, and you like want to know more about it, but you're so. You're like, it's like when you're tripping on drugs or something, and it's like something is just too real for you. Does that make sense? Just it's too real. It's just too real. Okay. And, and I don't know if I'm being clear, but thank you. So next. It's too real, man. You're up. All right. I'm up next. I'm going to. This one is uh, a Reddit letter from DBHX. Thank you, DBHX. I think there was some numbers after the DBHX, but we emailed. So um, anyway, uh, I'll just get on with it. Uh, let me just get this here. All right. <clears throat> here we go. Mum, why is my life always about you? Why is the attention always on you? If it is not, you huff and puff until everyone is worried about you and your feelings. Why do you drain me emotionally when I am in your presence? Why haven't I that bond with you? How come I have never felt real love? You called me stupid when I didn't understand my homework at five years old. You said you thought I had been born to test you. Who am I and what do I want out of life? Uh, when, when I was mentally sick, where were you? Why were you so ashamed of me when I self-harmed? Why did you com uh, compete with my looks when I was a teenager? When I had anorexia, you took the piss out of me. On my 21st birthday, you wore a black lace see-through dress and people were calling you my sister. Why did you relish in the drama of my mental illness? You turned to alcohol and suicide attempts, forcing me to look after my younger brothers and take you to A&E. I had to take your car keys and hide them to stop you from driving drunk. Why did you try to kill yourself or was it a cry for help? I still do not know who I am. You are sober now, and I thank you for that. You think you are cured, but the self-obsession still goes on. So many questions I want to ask you, Mom, but I know you will, you will uh, have an answer for them all. The thing is, you are the sick one, Mom, not me. I have been sick because you are sick, and you have twisted my mind and made me into your scapegoat. You never loved who I really was, so I became what you wanted me to be. I love you, Mum, and I think I am finally feeling at peace with your, with your personality disorder. It is not your fault. You do not think you are doing anything wrong, and you, and you cannot help it. You were abused as a child. It is time for me to live my life now, Mum. We, uh, we will still talk, but I have a strong boundaries, and you will not abuse them. You will not break them down. These are my boundaries, and my life is about me now. I am detaching from you now, detaching with love. Love always, XXX. Wow. So. Shout out to all the children out there that are affected by this shit. Into the mic. Sorry. <laughs> did you, did, no, one, he, did no one hear that? Yeah, no, that really, you, that really, you, you know, you, you emotional thing. I, I, I just can tell when that happens. It's all good. Um, no, but seriously, though, that like that's it's fucking parenting. Parents are the worst. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of, you know, the recognition, a lot of people don't have the recognition 
that uh, your parents are doing. Your, a lot of our parents have an emotional IQ who are doing these things that are lower than ours. A lot of the time, uh, I, I think it's this our generation are able to see things from an outsider yeah. perspective and see these things and be able to break them down because they know these things are really screwed up. And uh, knowing that your her parent probably has no idea right. what they're doing yeah. is for some people part of the healing process yes. if they're still spe- speaking to them. Because in their mind, they know that, like, they can't help themselves. They didn't mean they, to. They, it's not that they don't mean to. Obviously, their their behavior is pretty shitty. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't say that that necessarily is true. You no, know, no, it's just like uh, their behavior is pretty shitty and everything. But some of us still keep in contact. And you, in and, and that way, you kind of have to uh, uh, attach, detach emotionally yes. and save yeah. yourself when you do that. You know, my parent is like this because this happened to them. Right. And their parent was probably like that because that happened to them. Yeah. And the cycle continued down. And then you're going to try and break the cycle. Right. Um, your parent probably has no idea, uh, most of the people with narcissistic personality disorder, that they're really doing what they're doing. They think that this is the only way they've known how to act. And they've never taken the opportunity, maybe because they're too scared. Right. To uh, look at it. In a different way. So, and then, you know, certain people are, I mean, if this person's parent is 60 to 70, yeah. you can't teach an old dog uh, new tricks. And right. it'll probably of be course. more fr- frustrating to but, try. But you know what? I mean, yes, I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, I could be and wrong. I, I think you're, I think it's, it's just one it's man's more, opinion. No, but yeah. I think that it's, healthier to assume that you can't because if you if you and I mean you know the stories that this person just revealed within that letter about a parent that is so you know disqualifying of their not only their identity but their you know issues of mental health and you know having an eating disorder and all of that that's so painful and like don't forget like this is a child like, no child ever does anything that should warrant any mistreatment, ever. And it just breaks my heart, because it's like, I don't know. I just, to, to hear the stories of the people who are children of this type of treatment is a lot more heartbreaking. Not that it's a competition, but um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, like yes. people do have this conversation about yeah. trauma and abuse too. It's like, well, my mine's not as bad, right? Like yours is so much worse. Oh, and I'm do, not do, oh, they do, 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 they do. Do you want to hear a really funny um, competition story? Yes. So my grandmother has passed away, but my grandmother, if when I discussed this with my, uh, some other family members, my grandmother was probably, um, she acted nice to the grandchildren, but like to her own daughters, you know, they have, their own, they have their own, you know, they have their own problems. <laughs> yeah. But I, I know my grandmother also to be like viciously like mean, saying some crazy things. Really? So, but she's, uh, you know, she is the way she was and yeah, she wasn't going to change. So anyway, there was a one year where uh, my parents, everyone was out of town. It was winter vacation X time. And we didn't want my grandmother to be alone. And uh, it was very late in her life. And her caregiver also needed time off. 
So we put her in a home for about a week, like it's, so somewhere we could go. And I would uh, go visit. And uh, so I went. And I got there for bingo. <laughs> the end of bingo. <laughs> and there's all these old people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm Jewish. And uh, some people in this home were Jewish. Some people in this home were not Jewish. And there's this other Jewish lady there. And my grandmother's like, this is my grandson. <laughs> and then there anyway, was a Jewish I was like, competition. I was like, hey, how are you? And anyway, <laughs> these two people started having a who had a worse life competition. <laughs> I don't know why your whole thing just reminded me of that. Say this worst life competition. <laughs> so like it started going back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually got to the point where like uh, my grandmother was like, well, we were in Israel and they were dropping the bombs oh, no. and they were dropping bombs and we had to live in this garage and da, 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 da. And then the older, the other lady uh, turns to my grandmother and goes, well, I was in the Holocaust. <laughs> oh my God. And then my grandmother looks at her with a nod and goes like, like downward and goes kind of just to saying, you got me, you won. <laughs> She, yeah, you couldn't trump that. They were, they were having like who had it worse. Yeah, she, she, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she pulled well, up the Holocaust. Yeah, you, got, you pulled that and, card. And my grandmother just goes, yours. <laughs> you win. That's it. That's it, right? But like that was like how their minds were yeah, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's totally. like they were. Yeah. Um, Traumas are not created equal, right? It's like, well, that was a genocide. So I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, possibly I can't beat, that. beat yes. that, right? So yeah. um, I think. Oh, so we're just going to take a one second break and we're going to be back because we actually both uh, have to go to the bathroom separately. So we'll be back in a second. <laughs> oh, and we're back. How was, how was your pee? Oh, it's very cathartic. Uh, oh, wow. oh. Did you read when you were in the bathroom? <laughs> no, no. I, re- I read letters in my mind. Letters to your narcissist. <laughs> you're up. Okay. So uh, who, who's it from? This is from Kristen Milstead. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, her website is fairytaleshadows.com, so please check it out. And thank you so much for allowing us to read this today. Dear blank, I don't feel anything anymore. That's not really true. I feel an aching sadness that I don't feel anything anymore. I used to feel hope that you would change the way you treat me, and I used to feel hope because there was something to hold on to. Now I know that if you change, it isn't going to be right now. And I also know that there isn't any time in our past for me to look back on and believe we can get back to and be happy because all of it was a lie. If there is no past and there is no present, then there can be no future. Back in October, I came back not just because you begged me to. After we broke up back then, I genuinely believed that we couldn't be together, that too much damage had been inflicted. But then two of your best friends told me that you genuinely loved me and that you had changed and had never acted with any other girl the way you did with me. I was so confused. If you loved me that much and if everyone kept telling me you did, corroborating what you said, surely that meant things could turn around. You bombarded me with phone calls and your texts. You begged me for a chance to make it right. You said you know what you had done wrong, that you didn't let me talk about the past, which was true. You hand-wrote a list of things you were going to do differently this time around and came over to read it to me and explain it. I told you how hard it was going to be. I had my doubts because I couldn't trust that you would ever stop lying to me and talking to other girls. And you know I had my reasons. 
I needed to be able to express my fears to you. You were so loving to me at first. You texted me nonstop to let me know you were thinking about me. Knowing I was going to have to give this a real shot, my wall had to come down and the pain would have to come out if I was going to learn to trust you again. It was scary as hell and I needed to talk to you about it. If we were going to get close again, I was going to have to deal with all those feelings inside my mistrust. And you listened to me express my pain no matter when I was feeling it. And you brought me that necklace you'd kept. You promised to fix the bracelet I gave you that you broke and wanted to buy one for me. You brought me flowers. You kissed me and cuddled me and told me that you wanted to marry me if everything worked out. You told me you saw our future together, that you learned your lesson and you'd been stupid before. You took me to my favorite city on earth, New York, and we walked all over, sharing dinner in Little Italy, cheesecake in Midtown, and pizza in Brooklyn. We walked the boardwalk at Coney Island, huddled up against the winter wind, and walked through Central Park, sharing fruit I'd never tried and that you'd forgotten the name of in English. You ran out of our apartment to kiss me every time. I showed up and carried my bag upstairs without me having to ask. You brought me chocolates and treats from blank and picked out new heels for me. You complimented me nonstop, telling me how beautiful you thought I was. You wanted me to choose movies to watch. You cooked dinner for me. You even wanted me to come into the bathroom with you because you couldn't stand to be away from me and because you wanted me to trust you. The bathroom was often where you had slunk away to text other women when I was around, and you knew I knew that. You even gave me your passwords to social media sites to try to show me that you were now going to be a trustworthy person. I was so happy. Could it be possible? Could things take a different turn? My heart wanted to believe, even in its still traumatized state. I started to have hope of a possible new version of a future with you, even though I knew there was still a long way to go. Then it all just started to fade away. Slowly, your focus started to turn to other things. You stopped complimenting me. You stopped listening, and then you started insulting me. You got violent. You yelled and hurled insults again. I started to suspect there was something going on. I'm not proud of it, but I used one of the passwords you gave me. What I found out was that during that time period last year when we were so happy, the time I thought was still sacred, you were still talking to girls and telling them you didn't have a girlfriend. You were trying to meet up with them. Maybe you did meet up with them. But the point is, back then, everything between us was perfect. That was the time in our relationship when you treated me like you really were in love with me. I had thought that maybe that time period was at least real. But seeing that took it all away from me, and I have nothing left in the relationship to hold on to. It's over. I'm a person. I'm not a toy. I'm not someone you can kick around. I loved you. I loved you so much I would have done anything for you. I gave you everything I could possibly give you. This relationship has changed me. I'm the person who likes to take care of everyone, but I'm becoming a shell. I can't even think about anything except all these negative things that you've done. Only you and I know that full extent of the truth. And if we're being honest, I know I don't know everything. And I don't want to. If I did, I'm sure it would darken the love I held in my soul even further than it already is. I had a dream in my head of how this could have been, but you never treated me right, not at any point in time. Even when I thought you were doing so, you never were behind my back. You have your friends who don't know the tip of the iceberg, trying to convince me you love me. Yes, I believe you love me, but it takes more than love. They also say at this point that I deserve better. And even you said, if I have respect for myself, I'll stop messaging you.
You're exactly right. If I have respect for myself, I'll put an end to this. This dream in my head is just a dream. You never belong to me. You are always engaged to someone else or involved with your ex or fucking around with someone else or having your just-in-case girls or some combination. What hurts is that it was a cascading fall of how I found out who you really were. I did not get the benefit of knowing how much you fucked around before I met you because I did not grow up around you. And you presented me with a totally different person and kept me away from the people who knew you until months into our relationship. I did not get the benefit of knowing that you had arranged your marriage until I happened to ask the right question of someone else a year and a half into our relationship because, again, you withheld the truth. I always believed there was someone, something special about us, but no, every piece of it was tainted by something else. I want a normal relationship. I want to be part of a relationship where someone is open and honest with me. I want a relationship where someone naturally includes me in all aspects of their life. I want a relationship where someone isn't constantly suspicious and accusing me of doing things I'm not. I want to be respected and appreciated. I want to share all of the love I have to give with someone and have them appreciate it. This is not a game. I will never go anywhere with you because you won't give me these things. Won't. Can't. It doesn't matter. I'm tired of words. I'll never forget what we shared, even though I don't understand which parts of it were real. I looked into your eyes so many times and felt you touch me so many times, and it felt like the earth fell away and it was only us. I never in my life loved anyone like I loved you, and you may be the one true love of my life. That being said, I can't be with someone who does the things you do, and it took me this long to realize this, only because my love for you was so deep. Okay. Well, that that was very, it was like a textbook um, beginning, you know, it was a textbook uh, narcissist person yeah. Yeah, of how it all works. Absolutely. And then the realization um, at the end. And the one part about it was she, when she talks about, the, it was really like a compartmentalization and segregation of starting you off in, in this zone where you don't interact with uh, all the other people. Because when you do interact with the other people at the beginning, you, you, you'll hear things and then you can start talking to each other and you figure these things out much sooner. But in that stage, that's when all the loving comes in. The love bombing. So, you're, yeah. so you, you don't know any of... Not, you don't get infected by other people yeah, telling you like, totally. what's going on. I especially liked the line where um, she says, I want a relationship where someone isn't constantly... Sorry, that's not the one. That's also a good line. But I want a relationship where someone naturally includes me in all aspects of their life. Mm -hmm. It seems so obvious, but that was one that really resonated with me because it has to be a natural thing. It's not... A, a compulsive, obsessive thing where you're going into the bath. Like this person tried to to make it seem as if, well, I'm I'm including you in everything, but obviously it was so contrived, right? And in uh, when you're that other person, you don't realize, like, well, this this is their way of showing me they're including me, but it has to be natural. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be, you know. Unfortunately, I think if someone's having to prove themselves to you in that moment where they're including you, it's like they're 
Well, what does that what does that mean to you being included? Like to me, it's it's that the person. It's a good question. It's that they want to know everything. They want to know about your life, and they want you to know about theirs. And it's just like it's like an inclusive okay. type of feeling. It's, it's like, not. It's not. Is, it's not just being asked out to certain things. No. It's, it's, it's like just, it's well, just this is my family. It's like just oh, proper this, communication. Proper communication. Everything is transparent. It's like, you oh, know, you're not having a good day. Please tell me what's exactly, going on while you're not having a good exactly. day. Exactly. It's like... Not leaving me in the dark. No. Yeah. And, and like nothing is, nothing is secretive. It's like, you know, things are out in the open, but not to an obsessive degree. Like, yeah. I'm sure people can take that, you know, to a, to a unhealthy place. Yeah. But it's like a... It's like a, oh, where are we going tonight? Like, oh, let me just use your phone and look it up. It's like, it's... That's not a big deal. That's like including somebody in your life where you like there's no like your phone is like the secretive mechanism for your other life type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you for that letter, Kristen. Let me just get my pages organized here before I go into my I'm going to read two in a row. One will be just my little note that I wrote on Instagram the other day. Uh, And I will read another one, and then we're going to finish her off with you and me being Oprah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. I'm not sure if I got permission to use this one specifically here. I don't remember if this person... I gave me permission. So um, should I read that or no? Uh, that's a tough one. Oh, it's because <laughs> it's, it's a really good letter. Okay, we're going to read it. And if you uh, don't we, want us uh, to... We, we might get in trouble. Should we? I don't know. Right, let's not. Okay, let's not. Let's not. I really want to read that one, though. Okay, maybe you know we why? can shout out the actual username and uh, Yeah, I have, I have their name. Well, I, I, I think they, uh, I don't know if they're the, they the one that didn't get back to me. But uh, they're just, you know, the word selfish prick is in there. <laughs> That's great. And the word, uh, you know, rest in peace, asshole. Is in there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the anger. Yeah, just like sounds lonely as fuck is in there. <laughs> I love it. Okay, can we? I just, I, you know what? I just like reading these little parts. I'm not gonna read the whole letter, okay. but I just like reading these, you know, the angry parts. <laughs> I'm like a 15 year old guy during the er- <laughs> during the era of grunge. I'm just angry mm. at the world. Um, emotionally bankrupt. I love that. Oh, just the term a, emotionally that's bankrupt. A great one. A great one. Um, even the word douchebag is in here. <laughs> Insidious coward. I like that term. That's good. Um, yeah, I like that insidious coward. That's good. Okay, so can I just read the last three? The last. The, the, this. Um, I'm just gonna read this last. Ask the wrong little, guy. The last little part. Okay. Because it's only like one line, okay. but it's just the greatest line. Okay. Because this, this is just the greatest line. Okay. 
The truth is, you can't miss someone who never existed in the first place. Rest in peace, asshole. I don't hate you. I nothing you. Ooh. I love that. Ooh, that's good. That's good. So feels good. I'm not going to... I didn't read the whole thing, so I don't know if I abused the trust. I hope I didn't. But it was just... Don't worry. Yeah. I think you did it justice. Um... Without, without <laughs> betraying the trust, yes. So I, I, that was gonna, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna read another letter uh, like that. Said I'm just gonna do my thing, okay, and, and do then, it. We'll get, then we'll get to you. Okay. We'll save some of these other ones for another time, and then we'll get into some other shtick. Um. So here's the note that I shared the other day. This is my life. Are you ready? Ready. This was on Instagram. If you haven't read it, if you don't listen to the Insta, read the Instagram. This is very short and sweet. It's called Chad's note that he didn't send to his narcissist because he went no contact. I went to the bank today to find my account empty, like your apology for getting caught. Saying you love me isn't saying you're sorry. It's verbal, verbal guilt meant to manipulate for the opportunity to violate me once again. Please go fuck yourself. Love, Chad. <laughs> You know, I'm not one to write, like, a real long, long letter. Yeah, you're more and I, I think I was, like, yeah. right to the point. Yeah, And, like uh, you know, enough to send in a text without the person going, like, I didn't read it. There's too much here. <laughs> Why did you send me a... You know, some people would be like, you sent me a bib... Like, your, yeah. biblia, your uh, an encyclopedia entry. Yeah. You know what happens Speaking with text. Speaking of which. So, um... Yeah. yeah, I think I was kind of to the point. It was, it, it, that was r- what I believed. Well, and, you know, sometimes you just got to get straight to the you point. You got to get straight to the point. You know, and I like the angry ones, too. I like, you know, I like all, all different kinds. We had some really good ones today. And now. Okay, now I'm going to read mine. Um, and, uh, we have Melissa's going to read hers. I'm going, should I, I don't know if I should look at you while you're reading it, because that might make you nervous. It's going to make me nervous okay, for sure. It's so, also kind of long, I think, but. It is, so have you read it uh, after, like recently? I've tried, yeah. yeah. I've read it, yeah. Are you going to... It's got a lot of swearing in it, everyone. <clears throat> oh, boy, does it. Oh, boy, does it. Okay, you ready? Uh, I am. I won't look at you. Okay, don't look at me. Okay, I'm not going okay. to. Okay. Fuck you for being such a shithead. Fuck you for never being a good friend. Fuck your supposed boyfriending. Fuck you for gaslighting me. Fuck you for making me feel afraid and unsafe fuck you for that night you came over to the house i had with scott for not acknowledging the filled tiny bathroom with balloons and the cool strange cake thing and lit candles everywhere you were like cool who fucking knows why i went to the trouble either the never pleased birthday curse or the doghouse repentance game i was always repenting like i did wrong i was wrong But even that didn't get a reaction. It was a safe-for-now chit. Fuck your chits. Fuck your chats. Fuck your Snapchats. Fuck your games. Fuck your never-making-me-breakfast and your slimy way that got me doing it every time. With love. Fuck you for the way you received gifts, for the scoffs and the arrogance. Fuck your inability to care about my job and my heart, my dedication and success in school. You fucking asshole. I killed school and you didn't fucking notice. Too busy creating online personalities with graphic design leans that you flaunted and flirted. Fuck your I turned 30 bullshit that made me feel poor. 
Fuck your resentment for my family that you didn't see as poor. Fuck your relentless commitment to arguing, even on my birthday, in New York City. Fuck your insistent and mean criticism for my inability to navigate it. I kept pathetically detailed notes hoping I'd figure it out and you wouldn't get mad at me. Fuck you for getting mad at me when I cried at that diner, when I crumbled and gave up. Fuck your bad vibes throughout all the cool galleries I would have enjoyed. Fuck your back turned to me on my fucking birthday on the Airbnb bed. Fuck your blaming for missing Frank Ocean and for all your other bad vibes at most concerts. Fuck your criticism and unenthusiastic attitude for the way I hung and shared my art. Fuck your mansplaining my internet usage and my views on the media when I actually studied it. Fuck you for exposing me to hateful shit I didn't want to see. Fuck you for getting mad when I left the room during rape scenes and making me feel less human and less of an artist when I didn't want to see that shit. Fuck your weird fucking boundaries when it came to girls. Fuck your Tumblr. Boom. Fuck your emotional fucking internet relationships that you justified as fulfilling on a fucking artistic level. Fuck you for making me feel in competition with other women when I was fucking raised better than that. Fuck you for trying to alienate me from sisterhood. Fuck you for wasting my immense talent and energy and intellect and love and compassion and forgiveness and empathy for preying upon my self-doubt and insecurity and supremely harsh criticism and my need to be loved and my naivety and my own power and my fucking innocence and my deep artistic openness. Fuck you for making me question the deepest qualities I possess. Fuck you for your persistence in dating me at 20 years old when I was free and an artist and my best self. Fuck you for not listening when I said no. Fuck you for your sweetness early on. Fuck you for your love that I craved and devoured. The fucking scraps and crumbs you sparsely showered. Fuck you for being a fucking unavailable and ignorant douche when I had to get an abortion at 23. And for not taking me or picking me up and for sitting and staring at me lying on the couch when I got home. A confused mess. Fuck you for being miserable when we went places together. For making me feel like I had to entertain you all the time. For making me feel bad for wanting to drink when we were together to relieve the pressure. Fuck you for getting mad at a fucking small detail after I put together a bunch of Ikea furniture while you were at work. Fuck you for always making me feel like I had to go overboard to make you happy when you were never happy anyway. Fuck you for keeping me in that fucking limbo, you fucking asshole. Fuck you for asking me to get shit on you, for you on my way home when you were home all day. Fuck you for making me pay for shit when you made three times my income. Fuck you for never speaking proudly about me to your friends, for never showing interest in my job, for criticizing my friends. Fuck you for taking for granted my kindness and generosity with your friends. Fuck you for using my addictions as weapons and never asking me if I was okay. Fuck you for using me as your scapegoat for your family traumas, for never appreciating my efforts, for making everything difficult, for making me feel like I was walking on eggshells all the time, for you making me feel like I couldn't leave, like I couldn't get space. Fuck you for making me a teenage mess when you would get mad at me and give me ultimatums. Fuck you for never being affectionate and using your childhood as justification for hurting me in that way. 
Fuck you for not acknowledging my humor and laughing at my jokes and for being a narcissistic, predictable chauvinist when you expected me to laugh at yours. Fuck you for ignoring me. Fuck you for somehow making me think I couldn't do better, didn't deserve better. Fuck you for somehow causing me to defend you to all my friends when none of them thought you treated me well. Fuck you for being your egotistical self when you were around my family. Fuck you for never conceding to the niceties of life to make me happy. Fuck you for never acknowledging my potential and sucking my energy for your fucking bullshit benefit. Fuck you for taking for granted the times I listened and supported you quitting your job and didn't lose it when in turn you just played LOL every day. Fuck you for taking for granted my insane coolness and chillness for your fucking self-indulgent endeavors. I actually can't read anymore. There's a lot more, but it's too angry. I'll be really honest. This is making me not want to be angry. Okay. Well, hold on. That was a lot of fucks. I know. That's and, why I couldn't. I, and, I, I, and guys, you, I have omitted a bunch. And I think you have no more fucks left to give. I have no more fucks. There's so much more. There's an actual, like... You know what I also you, you, thought you, you, when you, I read that? You, I thought that I sounded like a narcissist. Oh, well, you, you have no more fucks left to give. That's how I looked at it. You, you gave a lot of fucks. It's a lot. It's a lot. I've never said fuck so many times. Thanks for listening. That was long and hard, I'm sure, as a listener. How was it for you? It was good, but that's an angry place. It was from a long time ago. It was from a long time ago. And like I said, there was a lot of, like, there's a whole, you know other part of that but well thank you for sharing thanks for letting me share and you know i got the opportunity to read this before you read it I read it online I, I i you read it i got it what last week you sent it to me something like that something like that and so i read it and i said to myself how do we help melissa heal how? <laughs> Chad Oprah? <laughs> How do we do such a thing? So when I read that note, the one thing that I do know about you and when reading that is that that person helped um, hurt your confidence when making art and art type things. Mm-hmm. They made you feel lesser because they're also doing that kind of thing and they're very critical of other people's stuff. Uh-huh. And it didn't make you feel good. And in my mind, I always wanted Melissa to take her power back. And the one thing that's going on in your life right now that we've never mentioned is, you, you, well, you mentioned to me on other days that you're feeling that you wake up, you go to work, you're tired when you come home, you don't do any kind of art stuff, and then you go to sleep and you just, you're repeating your day. And I wanted to figure out or help you figure out how do we get you back into this life over where you can take this all back. So now that's a long little, little <laughs> diatribe I went on. So uh, a long time ago, uh, I found this thing on the internet called the Sketchbook Project. And the Sketchbook Project was... Um, uh, people would order these sketchbooks from the place called this Bro- the Brooklyn Art uh, Library in New York. 
and you oh, they would have different this. they would have different themes yeah and you could fill out the actual uh book with uh, either words or with drawings or, or a combination and they'd get sent in and the, a library would put them in and they would also be digitized so you could go into this library and read these things about people's lives cool. and they had different themes every single year and you know in our history together uh we used to play drawing games <laughs> Yes, we did. And we do certain games where someone would draw something and then someone would have to write a story and like weird things like that. And you always told me, you were like, Brandon, you always have a narrative. Like, (laughs) did I say that? You never do anything abstract. (laughs) You're, you're think too much. Why don't you let yourself go free with your hand? So anyway, another game that we used to play was the exquisite corpse. Yeah. And for people that don't understand what the exquisite corpse is, it's a game where someone draws something and then they leave two lines that someone can see. Then they fold the paper and then the next person continues the drawing, not being able to see what's done in front of them. And then they do the same thing and someone continues it. So anyway, this year, the Brooklyn Art Library is doing something called Creature, where 1,100 people are involved. Okay. And uh, it is going to be a two-mile-long creature. What? And um, be, uh, so I got two of these things. Um, one for my niece because she loves art. Amazing. Oh, 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 my sister's oldest. She loves art. But the other person who I bought a thing for, <laughs> and it's in the mail, the package that's coming for oh you. Oh, my God. You will be getting this thing from them with uh, uh, supplies. What? And no. you will be getting your piece of this creature. And this is like the, the real drawing? Like this, is- this will be in the two mile thing. <gasps> oh it will be one of 1,100 God. people. <laughs> so exciting. You will get to be part of this project. Uh, and in October, this project will... I uh, have a, a show in uh, Brooklyn, but it will also be on the internet, and you'll be able to see it at the middle of October. will become live. So, That's and so there is cool. the possibility that we don't know who gets the head or the tail yet of the 1,100 people. Ah. It is a possibility you could get one of those. That's amazing. So you are going to uh, be forced now to. <laughs> Do some art. <laughs> to do something really cool. To do something really cool. Okay, I'm and so excited. you're going to be uh, shown in a gallery. Oh, thank you. That's really cool. And I am the new Oprah. <laughs> you are. But like the more indie, like <laughs> cool Oprah. I'm the punk rock Oprah. Yeah, you're Oprah. the punk rock Oprah. Yay. Thank so, you. That's really, that's so, a very so, cool so, gift. So that's... Um, that's my personalized uh, gift. Also, before we, we even leave today, um, I got my first, we got our first bad review. Uh, I saw you that. You saw that. Yeah. So that person, I only spoke for about like two minutes about uh, uh, politicians. And I think I mentioned yeah. Donald Trump and, and uh, Hillary Clinton in the same sentence. Uh, and all politicians are probably narcissists. And this person was obviously, like, I don't have any side. I don't care. I'm from Canada. Yeah. I got my own. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And uh, this person obviously was uh, a Trump person and Yikes. didn't care for it. But there was at the beginning, <laughs> he, he, he did say it was a good show until. But, yeah. It was pretty until good. Until he spoke about politics for 20 seconds. So anyway, to that guy, screw you. Yeah. Sorry about it. Not yeah. sorry. And 
Uh, what else? I'm, I'm trying to think if there was anything else on my plate. I'm, I'm just, I have to say this. I'm really sorry if my letter was not. What do you mean? I feel like it was narcissistic. No, I wasn't. started reading it and then I was like, oh, you're a narcissist. No. But that's a theme in the podcast. So I thought in, I should address it. I thought I should address it. Oh, okay. Thank you to everybody who submitted letters, though, and allowed us to read them. It, it, yes, I, I echo that. Yes. And uh, two, uh, the next part of the, the show that uh, if we when we do this again, we would love that we aren't the ones that read it. Yeah. And that you go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, click on the recorder, uh, read your letter. If you have to record it twice because it's that long, uh, record it twice and we'll edit everything on. Um, and we'll all be part of the show. And so I think it's more, sometimes it's more impactful that that person uh, who's reading it yes. will have more emotion of, yes, you know, for sure. You know, we probably, you know, we, we did our best, we did but our it best. wasn't in the voice of the person writing it. So. Yeah. So hopefully you can do that. Also, uh, go to, uh, if you go, whatever system you're using, narciss- uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Give us reviews, five star reviews. Tell your friends. Today, uh, it's really we really I, we started in February when we recorded. It was in February, but we didn't or didn't I didn't start doing a regular schedule really until uh, April fourth. So since April fourth, actually, including today, uh, we now have over twenty thousand uh, downloads in that short amount of time. Yay. Um, so I just want to thank everyone who's, who's listening yeah, to the show. big time. Um, I mean, it's growing bigger and bigger every day, and it's kind of bl- it's blowing me away that it's happening. Um, and thank you for people that are ri- write me letters. I love reading everyone's letters um, that th- they send to me, and we'll try and connect other people. Um, and I think that's all... I have to say, you have anything left to say? No, just thank you for allowing me to be on the show. And oh, you're, everyone loves you. Oh, I think. I think that's the first, really the, the first crazy time you were on the me. show. I got an email that day about you. That's crazy like it wasn't even me. about me. It was about you. Well, thank you for whoever wrote that email. It's um, crazy to me, but so yeah, even on one of the reviews, you were mentioned. Wow. They said they love the shows about Mel- with Melissa. Oh, thank you, everyone. So I'm really just Chad's friend, and he's given me the mic, and that's really, like, all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> we go, we got, you know, we got our crack den stories, and we've just uh, grown from there, yeah, really. We've, we've I mean, where, where else do you go? Uh, to recovery. <laughs> we, go, yeah. we go to recovery. Yes. So uh, anyway, thank you for listening. This has been the How to Survive the Narcissist Apocalypse podcast. I'm Chad the Impaler. This has been who? Melissa. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. This is an emergency broadcast transmission. This is not a test. Please remain calm.